All right, everyone, we'll go ahead and get started. Earlier, when uh, we initially started, I was amazed at uh, making an announcement, and there was constant chatter and immediate silence and uh, an attentive audience. So I'd like to say it's the same for your current eighth graders as well. Um, so welcome tonight. Tonight is one of those pivotal moments where we transition and we start talking about um, post-middle post school, so what happens from the bridge of eighth grade to ninth grade. So welcome to everyone that's here in person. Welcome to everyone that is live streaming tonight. Welcome to those that are going to be watching this again on, on a recorded uh, version of this video. Tonight we're going to reserve approximately about one hour. We have a lot of content to get through. Um, we'll do introductions of all of our counseling staff that's with us tonight. And then for families that wish to join us again, Thursday this week, we're going to have a morning coffee. It'll be at 8.30 in the morning here at Meridian High School, and that'll be in the library. And that's just going to be a Q&A session. So based on the content that you're receiving tonight, if you have individualized questions or general questions that you'd like to have answered, please come join us for coffee. We'll have donuts and have breakfast provided. Brad will take care of most of that though. So let's get started. Um, for topics that we're gonna be covering, covering tonight, uh, we'll start here in a moment with introductions of all our counseling members, those that are with us, those that are not with us this evening. Uh, we're gonna be describing the diploma options that are part of uh, the Virginia Department of Education, as well as that are here locally at Meridian. We're also going to be talking about the impacts that your current eighth graders have on the transcripts, courses that they're taking currently, and courses uh, that they'll be taking once they're here at Meridian and what that looks like and the impact of a transcript. Uh, then we're going to take a look at the course selection process that we will outline for you, what's going to be um, ask of your students in eighth grade when counselors, the high school team, when we're going to be meeting with your students, and then when your students will be meeting with like Miss Craig and Miss Knight in the high or in the middle school to finalize their course registration process for us. And last, we're going to go through the transitions and supports that we offer for your eighth grade students into ninth grade. So in front of you, now you have uh, the, the picture of our whole team. My name is Matt Sowers. I'm the director of secondary school counseling. So I primarily work from Meridian High School, but I'm also periodically in the middle school working with the middle school team. Uh, not with us tonight is Miss Sia Knight. So often we refer to ourselves as Batman and Robin, and she informs me of all the things that are happening in the middle school. And right now we're currently working on transitioning from middle to high. And then next week we're gonna shift down and work with um, Oak Street and work with them transitioning from fifth grade into sixth grade. So it's a full continuum here on, on the secondary school campus. With us tonight, you're going to hear from Miss Dana Kieran. Miss um, Kieran has the beginning of the alphabet, so she has letters A through F. And our counselors, when they come in, they'll cycle with students. So uh, they'll take a look at the cohort. Your, your students are part of the class of 
2027, and then the counselor will remain with him for the next four years. Mr. Brad McAdam over here, he will have the alphabet G through MC. Miss Jacobs, new to us this school year, she has the alphabet ME through P, as well as our English language learners to support them in the transition. And then to round out the alphabet, we have Miss Valerie Chesley, and she has the end of the alphabet Q through Z. Um, we also have that are not with us, but we want to recognize them. Uh, part of our counseling team, we have a college and career specialist, Miss Sherry Murrell. We have Lynette Kemp, that is our registrar. So all things pertaining to high school transcripts, um, archives, students that are registering with us, students that are withdrawing from us, um, as well as all things pertaining to student academic records. And then last, and we have Ms. Maria Perez, and she's our counseling administrative assistant that welcomes most students that come into the student service office here at Meridian on the third floor. So next up, we have Ms. Chesley, and she's going to talk a little bit about the Virginia diploma options. I also want to make sure that at the end of this presentation that families are aware all of the, the video will be posted later this week. The presentation we're going to be posting for our students through Schoology, and we'll also post it to our course registration process. It's on our website, both in the middle school and the high school. Welcome again. Thanks, Matt. <clears throat> so in the state of Virginia, there are two different diploma options that your students can, um, can earn, an advanced diploma or a standard diploma. Um, an IB diploma is sort of like icing on the cake. That alone will not allow your students to graduate. I know in some international schools, that's all a student needs to graduate. But here in Virginia, a student needs either a standard or an advanced studies diploma. And we will work with your students from the time they get to us in ninth grade to make sure they're on the right path, whichever, depending on whichever diploma they would like to pursue um, all throughout their time with us. Um, so here are the differences between the two diplomas, the standard and advanced. Um, with the standard diploma, the, big di the biggest difference is that a student does not need a world language to graduate. Um, they certainly can take them, but they don't need them to graduate. I think that's one of the biggest um, myths out there. Um, the advanced studies diploma does require at least uh, three years of one language or two years of two different languages. The advanced studies diploma also requires uh, four years of math, science, and uh, history or social science. For both diplomas, students only need five verified credits. The verified credit is when a student takes a class and then takes the accompanying SOL. So if, if your student this year in eighth grade is in world history, one, which is actually a high school credit class, um, when they take the SOL at the end of the year, that is one of their history SOLs. They only need one history SOL, so they'll never have to take one again if, as long as they pass it. So the verified credits are in one in history or social science, one in science, one in math, and then two in English. There's a reading and there's a writing, and that doesn't happen until um, students are in 11th grade. Um, so a student in ninth grade may take one or two, depending on what level math they're in, and then may not take any until junior year, which is the reading and writing. Um, every student is required to take the economics and personal finance course. 
Uh, that's a year-long class. The first half focuses on personal finance, learning how to budget, uh, manage their money, things like that. And then the second part is a uh, study of economics. Um, students can go to college with either diploma. That's often a myth as well. Um, that, you know, oh, if I'm getting the standard diploma, I, that, doesn't, that means I can't go to college. That is completely untrue. We've had many students earn the standard diploma and go to great colleges. Understanding a Meridian High School transcript. So, like I said, many of your students might already be taking several, if not at least one high school class now in eighth grade, and that's usually the World History One. Some might be taking uh, algebra or geometry or maybe even algebra two, I'm not sure. And then if they're taking a language, Spanish one, French one, Chinese two, sign language, these are all high school credit classes. So they might be coming to us and they may already have a transcript uh, at the beginning of next school year. So these are just some of the things that are going to be on the transcript. Any high school courses that are taken, so again, those courses that I mentioned, they're on the transcript because they're high school level classes. Um, you know, an eighth grade English class is not gonna be on a transcript. Um, the days that a student's attending. So that's something just to be mindful of. Um, all the schools that your child has attended will be on the transcript, um, which includes Mary Ellen Henderson and then Meridian. And if your student goes somewhere else for a year, comes back to us, we record all of that. Um, and then the grade point average. Um, we do a grade point average, like a cumulative. We don't do one by year, just cumulative. So. Um, those are the things that are on a transcript. And Ms. Kieran is gonna talk a little more about transcripts. Hi, sorry, Ms. Chesley's a little shorter than me. Okay, so I'm gonna talk a little bit more about what would be on your student's high school transcript. So each class that they take that is a high school level class will have one final end of year grade with a 1.0 credit assigned to it um, at the completion of the course. So there won't be quarter grades, semester grades, or anything like that. It just holds the year end grade. Um, again, any high school level courses taken in middle school will appear on their transcript unless they have it unless as a family you guys decide to expunge the grade that needs to happen at the end of the year where the class is taken there's the next slide talks a little bit more about expunging um, so i'll go into it there um, any ib ap or dual enrollment courses where they're dual enrolled with nova are weighted which means those classes receive an extra quality point for gpa calculations our honors classes are not weighted. So only IB, AP, and dual enrollment. So just to kind of give you a quick overview of the GPA, in a traditional class, um, an A is worth four points, a B is worth three points, a C is worth two points on down. When a class is weighted, that then means that an A gets calculated as five points, a B is four points. Um, and just to distinguish, because sometimes this gets a little confusing and kids will create stories. Um, let's say you're taking IB, uh, AP US government. Right? It's an AP class, it's weighted. So 
if a student gets a B in that class as their final grade, let's say, the B letter grade will be what shows up on the transcript, but they will get the GPA boost and it as if an A, which is four points, is going to be what's calculated into their GPA. Sometimes kids get a little confused and they think, well, I got a B in an AP Gov class, so it's going to show up as an A. It, it will show up, the letter grade sits as it is on their transcript, but it's just what gets calculated into their GPA. I hope that made sense. Um, expunging grades. So when students are done their eighth grade year, that would have been their last chance to expunge any middle school courses that high school courses that were taken in middle school that they want to expunge off of their transcript. Okay, so Ms. Chesley kind of went through these a little bit, but it's just a comprehensive list of what exactly are the high school level courses that they take while they're in middle school. So any math course that is algebra one and above, so algebra, honors algebra, geometry, all of that, those are all considered high school level courses. Um, the world history and geography class that most of our eighth graders sit for, uh, take is considered high school level. Um, sometimes it was also called humanities. And then any world language at a level one or higher. So ASL, Spanish, French, Mandarin, anything level one or higher are all high school level cr credits. So families have until June 30th of the year that the course is taken to decide if they want to expunge the grade. If for some reason you guys are not happy with the grade. Um, an electronic form is sent to you guys every year to remind you of this process with enough time to kind of make those decisions. Beyond June 30th, once a kiddo is in high school, expunging classes is no longer an option, okay? So beyond that point, if they sit for a high school level class while they are in high school, every grade and everything goes onto their full transcript. So middle school is really the last time they're given this option. Um, and of course, you'll be able to talk with either Ms. Craig or Ms. Knight about it kind of while you guys are making the decisions. You just wanna take into consideration how they did in the class and that grade on their transcript, but also kind of um, other implications that could happen. Let's say a student wanted to expunge a world history course, but they have sat and passed for that SOL. That's a verified credit that they have. If you are to expunge the grade, they would lose that verified credit and they then have to sit for another SOL once they're in the high school. So there are sometimes domino effects when we expunge grades. The counselors are always here to talk you guys through it. Um, if they have any questions, they'll always kind of reach out to RN just to double check things. But you wanna just make sure you're kind of looking at it from every angle before you expunge a grade. Um, add drop courses. This will be um, a bigger deal next year. Um, our students do their due diligence to pick their schedules, um, but they sometimes change their minds or they sometimes realize that a class they're in is not the right fit. So um, the rules are have bigger implications in the high school because things are reflected on their transcripts. So we wanted to make sure everyone kind of got this information now just so you can go into that mindset when picking classes. So courses at Meridian can be added or dropped, but we have um, some kind of parameters that go around it. So. Students 
can do pretty much anything to their schedule in the first 10 days of school, the first two weeks. They can add classes, they can drop them, they can start new classes, they can change their elective, change a level of course, anything, first 10 days. It's a little bit like the Wild West, so we're making lots of changes to hopefully get everyone in the right place. After the first 10 days, we start to slow things down and put more procedures in place after those first 10 days. We, in the first week, prioritize schedule change requests that happen because there's an error if they are missing a full schedule. Sometimes there will be a conflict in a kid's schedule and they'll start the first day and there'll be like a hole in their schedule or if it has to do with IB programming. Those kinds of things we prioritize in the first week because we want everyone to be in the right place with a full schedule, taking you know, geometry when they took Algebra 1 last year. Um, requests for ads and drops and changes for n not these reasons, maybe preference, or I really prefer to have math later in the day. Those kinds of things we will talk about with students, but kind of after the first week happens. We really like to just prioritize and get everyone settled before we talk about moving things around later. When it comes to making changes later in the year, this is um, a snippet from a form that we use with students. After the first 10 days when they are asking to add or drop a class, we have a form that students will get from our office um, and there's a bunch of signatures they need to get on it just to make sure everyone is on the same page one of those signatures is parents always because we want to make sure you guys are on you know on team make this change so if students use this form and add or drop a class in the first quarter there is no grade penalty and nothing is recorded on their transcript. So that can mean a student who maybe starts in honors English because they really wanted to challenge themselves and they get a couple weeks into the course or a month into the course and realize it's just not the right fit for them and they really feel like they need to go to a regular English class. All of that happens if it happens within the first quarter, which is about the first six weeks, there is nothing that will be reflected on their transcript about any of those changes. Okay, it all happens, we give them about six weeks to figure everything out for each year. Any changes that happen after the first quarter, then you will start to see documentation of it on their high school transcript. Um, we remind kids of these deadlines, you know, we're talking about it now, so we really hope in the first six weeks everything gets settled. But if after that point a student wants to drop a class, whether it be their elective or some other course, um, we still have the conversation with them. We want to make sure everyone's on the same page. Um, but if they were to drop a course, let's say they've taken art and three months into the school year, they come to us and say, I just cannot be in this class anymore. We will never force a kid to stay in a class that they don't want to stay in as long as you know everyone's on the same page and families approve but it will be recorded on their transcript with a WP for withdrawn passing if they are passing the class at the time they drop it or a WF for withdrawn failing if they're failing the course at the time we drop it and that kind of looks the same for any changes made in quarter two and quarter three if a student is in the fourth quarter 
and we are they are asking to drop a class and we are working with them to drop a class it will be recorded as a wp if they withdraw at that point and they're passing if they withdraw in the fourth quarter which usually is sometime around april to the end of the year and they are failing that will go onto their transcript as an f okay so we really just want to make sure everyone kind of sees these deadlines feels comfortable we are happy to go over them and whenever a student gets an ad drop form this information is on it so you have a chance to review it okay this is just a brief overview of your student's timeline in terms of course registration for next year so we are here at the first dot at the rising nine parent information night um on thursday is our coffee so if anyone wants to come and kind of chat with us in a smaller setting ask questions um, we will be here for that um, and then the week uh tuesday january 31st and thursday the second we will be going over to the middle school to meet with the students during their flex um, in small groups not ish like classroom size to go over some of what we've done here so we'll talk to them about diploma types we will talk to them about course options add drop all of that um, so that they have a chance to hear it from us okay so those will happen that week at the time at the same time they will have their course registration form shared with them on schoology um, so that they can then access them once they have a chance to talk with us the next kind of timeline you want to see is that their course registration forms are due to be turned back into schoology by friday february 10th okay so they have like a week and a half with the forms to talk with you guys, talk with their counselor, talk with their teachers, and get all the input they need before submitting those decisions. Then once they have them submitted, the week of February 13th through the 17th, the middle school counselors will meet with every kid one-on-one -on -one to put those choices into PowerSchool and kind of complete the registration process. Okay? Um, and then there's a link on the bottom when these slides are posted that will take you to the part of our website where everything registration related, all of these dates, all of the links, everything is in one place. So you guys can go there and see it by grade level. Okay. So now Ms. Jacobs is going to come up and talk about some of their course options in ninth grade. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Lindsay Jacobs. So I'm a new school counselor here, um, and I'm excited to get to meet you all and your students. Um, so now that we've talked a little bit about this process um, and the timelines, we can focus on the courses that your students will be going through in our one-on-one -on -one or in our classroom meetings and selecting some courses for next year. And I know it can be overwhelming, but also hopefully very exciting because they will have a little bit more options. Um, so to start, um, and some of this also may look familiar, um, particularly for language and literature. So students will have the options of Langenlet 9 or Langenlet 9 honors. Again, honors courses are not weighted, um, but they will show up as honors on their transcript. Um, for individuals and societies courses, so many are in world history, if not all, um, and geography one. So this will be like the second part of that. So um, there will, is not like an honors option for that. That's just the course that they will go into. Um, next, their science. This one does vary. I would say that the majority of our students do go into bio, like some form of biology, whether it's um, 
honors or the standard. And environmental science is also a really great option for students who maybe science isn't their favorite subject and they struggle a little bit more and don't want to have to worry about taking an SOL that year, um, getting at those like verified credits. They will need um, five total, but um, that's a good option for some. So next, looking at like math, again, this one can vary a lot. It's based on your uh, student's current level and teachers will also provide recommendations, which are very helpful in deciding um, what might be the best place for them next year. But ultimately um, that conversation, you all will be involved um, and so will your student. Um, and I also, two really important names here that if you have really specific questions that are good resources for you guys are uh, Miss O'Keefe and um, Miss um, Fessenden. So we have Jennifer and Jen, so easy to remember. Um, and so LGM1 is an option for some students, um, Algebra 1 or Algebra 1 Honors, Geometry, Geometry Honors, Algebra 2, and Algebra 2 Trig Honors. Um, next, looking at language acquisition, um, language is not a requirement for the standard diploma. Again, they'll need three years of one language or two and two um, if they're going for the advanced diploma. Um, so there's American Sign Language, French, Mandarin three or higher, and Spanish. And next, looking at health and PE, something important to note here is, so all students will need um, health and PE nine for graduation and 10. Um, but also in this course, during their class, they will get CPR and first aid um, AED training. That is a requirement for the state of Virginia. And they will get that naturally, but just important to note. Okay, next, so electives. Um, we do have year-long electives. I believe right now your students are in semester-long um, electives for two, um, so we have some really good options, lots of arts, computer graphics courses, computer science, that's an AP option, um, design. Um, for band, I do want to note, so Miss West will work with students to decide if symphonic or wind ensemble um, is the right spot for them based on auditions that will happen. And then for chamber singers, um, they will audition later in the spring um, and Miss Sample will work with them to um, figure out their schedule and how we can make this work. So they will have a first choice that they will put down, but they will also list three alternate electives. Obviously, we do our best to ensure that they get the ones they're most excited about, um, but those alternate electives are also really important for them to list for us when they fill out their course um, request forms. Let's see. Oh, also there again, program of studies, highly encourage you all if you haven't already to look through that. That's more, um, there's a lot more information there, goes through all the options. And um, there are also really good videos online, whether it's the core curriculum night or resources that um, some of the CTLs have put together um, or teachers to talk more about their course so you can get a better idea of it, if it's something your student might enjoy. All right, so next, uh, Mr. McAdam will talk about some of the steps to make those really informed decisions. And thank you all so much. Look forward to working with you. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Um, so when it comes time for your students to make decisions about next year, um, we just want to make sure that you and your students are aware of the various resources that are out there for them to access um, so that you're getting as much information and they're getting as much information as possible. 
Ms. Jacob just mentioned, but again, the program of studies is, is the thing that is probably the most important, and it's on our website, and it, there's a description of every class that we offer here at Meridian, so I think that's uh, super helpful if your child or you're, and even if you're looking at even years ahead, just to kind of like think about some classes in the future. If you're not sure what a class is, you can go always reference the program of studies. Um, also the, the videos, and again, this presentation that we're giving here is going to be available, so you can, the links that are there, you'll be able to, to access those, but the, uh, the course, the videos are also very helpful. Um, and the core curriculum night that we had a few weeks ago uh, talks again through all the information and kind of gives you the paths for some of the different subjects. Um, again, Ms. Craig and Ms. Knight, the counselors at the middle school will be great resources for your students as they're making these decisions uh, about their high school courses. Um, again, so um, we expect that kids are going to be talking to you guys. Um, we hope that you will be offering your support and guidance, but also allowing your kids a little bit of autonomy in terms of what classes they might want to choose for next year. Um, there's no right way to do this, right? So, um, you know, and I don't know if this is your first time ha having a, a student going into high school, um, but if it is, I, maybe it's a little nerve wracking. But again, that's the reason that we're here to talk tonight and for to kind of introduce all the different re resources that are available is to know that this is not, a, these aren't decisions that have to be made in isolation. Um, there's people here that know a lot about these courses and what might be best for your child. And so we want to make those decisions together. Um, we always try to say that, it's, that students should be trying to take the most challenging courses in which they can be successful. How success is defined is really more of a personal decision. I've, I've had students that were maybe taken an honors class and felt stimulated in that class, kind of pushed to their limits, um, and maybe at the expense of a slightly lower grade, but to them that was successful because they felt good about going to a particular class and, and the way um, you know, they were being stimulated. Other students might say, you know, for me, I, I want to get the best grades I can possibly get, and maybe that means taking slightly less challenging classes. That's up to you and your, and your child to sort of um, navigate. But when it comes, I know it's years away, but when it comes to college, uh, and because most many of our students do go off to college, when it comes to the college admissions process, colleges are going to be looking at the rigor that students took um, in high school and how they performed in those classes. So again, that's why we always try to say, take the most challenging courses where you think you will be successful. Okay. Um, just a real quick note about this. I'm not going to read through all this stuff, but um, we will be offering what's called a credit exam for world languages next fall. This will be for a student who might speak a language at home that is not one of the languages that we teach uh, here at Meridian. Um, so if a student has uh, a native language they, that they've spoken most of their life and want to take an exam to get credit for that language, this uh, credit exam will, will allow for that. So it will be a, a reading, writing, listening exam. Students can earn actually up to three high school credits by passing this exam in their uh, native language. and. Um, as we've talked about, 
for the advanced diploma, a student needs three uh, language credits. So if a student took this exam, got the three language credits, they're good to go. They, they don't have to take any more languages if they don't want to. So it can be very helpful, um, especially uh, can be helpful for our, our, our students that are our English language learners um, it's because um, they may not have the opportunity to take uh, another language with us, but they can take this, this exam and still get that credit. So I just want to make sure you're aware of that. Also, um, just to, I want to overview some of the supports that we offer here at Meridian. In some of these cases, students will be identified and placed into some of these supports. In other cases, they're available to every student that attends our school. So in, something, in a case like the Reading Strategies class, that's a class where students would be identified, but if you're wondering about the possibility of your child being um, placed in a Reading Strats class for next year, uh, certainly Ms. Craig and Ms. Knight can, can talk with you about that. Um, but typically that's a class that we would identify a student that is in need of a Reading Strats class and they would be placed there. Um, during our, our Mustang block, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with what that is, but it's, um, it's a time in the day where students are not assigned to a certain classroom or place, but it's more of an open time for students to access teacher support, um, get some work done, study for exams, what have you. But we also um, have interventions for reading and math and academic and uh, behavioral support during that time. So again, students would be identified for those things. We have a writing lab where students can bring an essay or a rough draft and, and have someone, either a teacher or another, like an upperclassman, help give some um, advice on how to improve the, the essay. We have an after-school and Saturday learning lounge that stu any student can access. Uh, the, it's in the library, and Saturdays on, on the, in the library from 9 to 12, I believe. Um, our Mustang ambassadors are especially important right at the beginning of the year as students are transitioning from, from eighth to ninth grade and you know there's a lot of nerves and just not you know a lot of uncertainty about where to go and how things work and so the Mustang Ambassadors are, act as, as, as mentors they also go into students um, homerooms or stable groups to um, just to, to give some advice do some lessons with them about kind of as, the, as they transition to high school um, there's us we are here to support your students obviously um, and We've, we've talked about how we, how we break it down through the alphabet and we, again, we'll, we will follow these students all through high school so we get to know them pretty well. Uh, we also have a school psychologist and school social worker here that works with us in the same um, office suite. Miss um, Morell is our college and career person. She's great, wonderful resource for, for us. Her office is in the library. And if, if your child has an IEP, of course, they will be assigned a case manager here at Meridian. All right. I'm going to have Mr. Sowers come on up and kind of talk about the nitty-gritty of, of the next steps here. All right, so this, um, for your students, this should be about the third year if your student has been here in sixth grade, seventh grade, and now in eighth grade. This will be about the third time that they've went through this process. So a lot of times families will reach out to school counselors or myself or Miss Knight and ask specifically for this CRF, we course registration form. They'll ask for this form and we will not provide it to families. 
The reason for that is we want the student to take lead with this. So what happens is in the class of 2027, they have a Schoology page the same way I just created one for, this is wild, for current fifth graders, they're in the class of 2030. Every single class will have their own counseling page and I will create a Schoology assignment. So the students, when we meet with them, they're like, you're giving us homework? Yeah, kind of. We're essentially assigning them this course registration form. When they go in to this page, it'll be pre-populated. When they click on it, a copy will automatically be created for them. It'll be titled their name on it, and then they take ownership. And essentially what we ask for the students to do is what you see now. We ask for the students and we explicitly teach that we want you to fill in your name, your current grade, your student ID. Many students will not know their ID. That is fine as long as they have their name on here. And then we ask for them to write their school counselor and then highlight and mark which course course options that they're interested in. So this sample student here, the student selected that they were interested in honors Lang and Lit, they were interested in algebra, they were interested in biology, world history and geography too. They also were interested in computer graphics and design one and technical drawing. And they were also interested in French three and then I also noted here something kind of unique because I know that we fielded some questions about Summer Academy before. So Summer Academy is our program that the high school offers for students starting in eighth grade during their summer. We call it semester number three. So it's like an extension of a school year and students can sign up and they can take courses if they're interested. Very soon, our administrative team is meeting and finalizing the summer academy dates, the times that it'll happen, and we'll be pushing that out to the public and, and morning announcements very, very soon. We've almost finalized that. But in May, we will open up our doors for current eighth graders all the way through current 11th grade students. They'll sit amongst uh, the, the pew the, or the, the seats as you are right now, and they'll listen and they'll get a meet and greet our administrative team and all the high, high C teachers. At that time, that's when they'll be provided an electronic version of our Summer Academy manual and then how they will go about signing up for classes. For this particular example, this student was, uh, this fictitious student was basically outlining that they were interested in taking Summer Academy for PE. And in doing so, this is not really securing them for the Summer Academy. This is a, just a placeholder so that the counselor knows what the student is interested in, how they want to program for the actual school year. When we push out the form in May for students to sign up for Summer Academy, that's when they officially register for summer programming. And then the other thing that, that we really, really look for for our students is that gray box that you see there. The gray box, that's where students list their alternate electives. So for example, it, with this student, if computer graphics or design one was full and they weren't able to be programmed or there was a direct conflict within their schedule, 
it would go through in PowerSchool using an algorithm to determine which of those three electives that the student would be best scheduled for next to make sure that they come to Meridian with a full schedule. So we, we encourage uh, students to fill this out in its entirety. So the, on the the, one of the last slides here just kind of highlights the timeline again for our counselors. Again, high school counseling team will be meeting with your students next week to go through the, a very similar presentation and we'll post that in Schoology for them, outline how to access the assignment and then how, when the course registration form will be due. And then we also wanted to highlight for your families at the end of the school year, Miss Knight and I work together with our Mustang ambassadors and we create a scavenger hunt. And we'll bring in all the eighth grade students. Half of the students would remain here in the auditorium and they'll get a meet and greet, our administrative team, our counselors again in person, answer questions that they might have about the fall. And then the, while the other half is doing a scavenger hunt to kind of learn a little bit more about our building here. And then in August, we'll do another transition activity. That's when students will be able to log into PowerSchool, get access to their, their actual schedule, come into the building and then walk their schedule with our Mustang ambassadors and we'll do a meet and greet um, as a social gathering this fall. So we wanted to highlight all those different activities that we have, but I'm gonna come off stage now because I, I know that we're gonna open that up for any questions that family members may have. We have about 10 minutes uh, remaining tonight for our programming. So if there's any questions, please raise your hand ask your question and then we'll repeat it into the microphone and our team will, will be the experts and we'll answer those for you. So I'm gonna come down and then we'll open it up and we'll have the first question over here when I come down. Good, good question. So the question was, how does the programming tonight for students that are transitioning from eighth grade, moving into the high school, um, directly phase into our IB program? Ms. Q? Hi. So um, because we are an IB continuum district, I think is how you say it, um, our ninth and 10th graders are still MYP students. So all of these classes are IB MYP courses, regardless of the level they take, all of them meet those, uh, those criteria. And then in 10th grade, our students complete the personal project, um, which is another IB requirement. Um, and then I believe um, Dr. Dippold is going to start pushing out information about an MYP certificate that students and kind of how they, um, meet the requirements for that for when they complete 10th grade. When students are going into their 11th grade year at this point in time, that is when students will need to be making the decision whether they're going to do the full IB diploma program or we now have our career-related pathways program. And then we also have students who access IB courses but are not in one of those two pathway programs. So when students are making the jump from um, 10th grade into 11th, that's when they make those decisions. That's when like the um, IB night we did last week 
um, that really is geared towards families of rising 11th graders because that's when that decision needs to be made. Um, if students have any questions, obviously because we have students 9 through 12, we work with all of those students, so we all do it at the same time. So if we do have incoming 9th graders or 10th graders who have questions to make sure they're going to leave themselves eligible for the diploma program, um, we're happy to talk that over with them or families at any point. Um, but they make the full decision when they're going into 11th grade. Uh, I guess there's one thing to add. But just one thing to know is that because this pertains more to, to next year. A student doesn't have to take, let's say, an honors class in ninth or 10th grade in order to move into an IB course later on in 11th or 12th grade. So sometimes parents or, and students think, oh, well, I think that I, in order to get into IB or something, we don't put any barriers up to, to, to our students accessing IB courses. So um, maybe that's helpful to know, I don't know. Sure. Okay, so the question um, was about math sequencing and leaving options over from open for the IB diploma. So for a student who is currently in math eight in eighth grade, and then we'll be going over to take algebra one in ninth grade, that's usually what the recommendation is. For those students, um, the reason there is some chatter about the sequencing is that in order to step into IB level math in 11th grade when they would need to do that, they need to have completed through Algebra 2 in their 10th grade year. So there are three different levels that they pass through of Algebra, Geometry, and Algebra 2 and seemingly two years to do that. There are a couple of different options. I would say the most common one and the one that the math department um, kind of supports the most to make sure kids are well supported and ready is that they would take Algebra 1 in their ninth grade year. In the summer between ninth and 10th grade, um, taking geometry during the summer um, is the one course that our math department feels really strongly that a student can take geometry over the summer and still kind of be prepared for what they need. So then they would be ready to step into Algebra 2 as a 10th grader, and then there would be no issues with them accessing the IB curriculum from there. So students will can come in whenever we're doing course registration with students in our building. We also talk about summer programming um, to kind of give them all the details. We prep them for it, and then they still kind of have to register, but they could access geometry over the summer, um, and then it, it wouldn't be a barrier to them. Yes, the summer between ninth and 10th grade would be the time to do that. And then they go into algebra two. Do you mean for, for IB specifically, for the diploma program or just in general? Oh, okay, well that's an easier question. 
no, there are no barriers. So the question was related, sorry, for everyone at home, the question was related to a student who is um, taking American Sign Language as their world language. Are there any potential barriers or issues with them pursuing that as their world language requirement? For standard, or I guess not standard, for advanced diplomas, the answer is no. The state of Virginia recognizes ASL as a world language. We use it as a world language. Before we did that, we also did um, a decent amount of research connecting with colleges in the area, um, making sure that they would also make sure that ASL is a recognized world language, which we got a lot of feedback in a positive direction for. So no, for that instance, it would not. For anyone who has that question maybe related to doing the diploma program, Currently, IB does not recognize ASL um, as a world language, um, and we don't anticipate that changing anytime soon. Um, so there are other pathways for a student who has chosen to take ASL. If in their 11th grade year they want to do the diploma program, they can do that. They just need to switch to a different language, and there is a way that we can make that work. But for advanced diplomas, no, there's no barriers for that. So the question was, um, this person's child is currently in AP Spanish, and would he need to start over, is that right, if to, when he gets to ninth grade, um, with, a, with a different language? Is that what you're asking? Oh, yes. No, he, has de he has definitely. So if, if somebody is already at, at an AP level in eighth grade, which is I hope you all know pretty unusual, but good for him. Um, he's met all the requirements already. He's, he's done what he needs to do. Um, now, we would encourage him to either pursue a different language if he wanted to, or continue. If he continues with Spanish, what he's gonna run into is just maxing out the classes that we could possibly offer him at our school. Um, IB, cannot be, IB courses can't be taken until um, 11th and 12th grade, and so typically a student who's taking AP Spanish, um, if they let's say they're taking that in 10th grade, they would move on to IB after after AP. Um, I've had a student in the exact same position who just took a, a couple years off, and just didn't take Spanish for a couple years, and then switched to and then moved in, back into IB um, as a junior and senior. So that's that's another possibility. But maybe Miss Chesley has some other thoughts on this. Yeah, I just wanted to add, we only go up to level five of a language. So if a student is in ninth grade and level five, they really either have to take a year off the next year, take a different language before they can jump into IB because it's an IB rule that they can't start the IB classes until junior year. So, I mean, we do have a handful of students that happens to every year and we work with the families and come up with creative ways. Um, but that's hopefully answers your question. And back. So the question was about um, the 
SBLNG grading in the middle school classes, the standards-based learning and grading, um, and students receiving a one through seven grade in a high school level course. This one was about French one, um, but it would apply to any high school level course. And um, will it appear on their transcript and how will that translate? So all of the SBLNG grading we have on our website, there is a conversion chart that converts the IB score of one through seven into a letter grade. So when it appears on the student's transcript, it will have the letter grade and then the one through seven number in parentheses next to it. So that for anyone looking at the um, transcript, it's immediately obvious what the grade letter is for that course. Yes, so the follow-up question was, if it is not a seven on the transcript and is a terrible grade, do they, he just said, didn't say that. Less, than, less than amazing grade, could he expunge it and retake French one in the high school? And the answer is yes. So you would have to expunge it by June 30th. There's a form you guys will receive. And especially if they are going to retake the class, that's actually more of a situation where we encourage the expunging because otherwise, if they're going to retake the course, it benefits them to erase the, the credit from eighth grade. Um, we hesitate a little bit more when it's erasing a class that they're not going to retake. But if they've taken Algebra 1 in eighth grade and they feel like they can do better and they want to kind of dig in and retake the course, that is a perfect use of expunging it off their transcript from the middle school. The question was, do you have to take honors classes to get into the IB or AP track? And the answer is no, you do not have to. Back there. I know the math, I, sorry, repeat the question for everyone at home. Can students who are in math eight take algebra one this summer? And our math department has said no. Algebra one is really foundational and because math is cyclical and the foundations of algebra one really will follow them through the rest of their math career, taking a online version over the summer puts students at a deficit in their learning and is going to impact their foundational math skills that will continue to cycle and follow with them and then we see them having issues once they try to go into algebra 2 and later on and it kind of continues to cycle up geometry they have isolated as the one level that they feel like a student can take it over the summer and still um, be in a good position with their foundational math skills so that's why they just encourage that I think the pandemic was like the death knell to the uh, to kids taking Algebra One over the summer because we we're still seeing the repercussions of what kids taking online courses, especially Algebra One. Now those kids are in Algebra Two as juniors, I guess, or so, and it it's not good. <laughs> so it, it's a struggle, and so yeah, we it, we just it's better for them to take that in the classroom.
So the first point was about the nuances of the math and the language, and, and maybe we could, um, we could add a slide or two about those nuances, and yes, we certainly can do that. And the second question was more about are there other things that we should make sure that we uh, make you all aware of? I'm trying to think, I'm thinking, I don't know. Can't think of anything. Or just, for oh, for IB specifically? Oh, for the IB diploma, oh, sorry, for the IB diploma. I would just add, make sure that they, maybe they sign up for a language in ninth grade. But she said other than math. Other than, language. I'm sorry. Sorry, other than math and language. <laughs> no. Because no. the other course, yes. Sorry, I can yell it, but then no one at home can hear me. The other courses, those are the only ones that run sequentially to the point where you have to do step one before you can go to step two. The other courses, like sciences and things like that um, don't have as many prerequisites so no there's not really a decision that a student can make in sciences that's going to prevent them from not accessing the IB diploma so no it's just those two and yeah in the blue Two good questions. The first one was, are, when do high C options, our online curriculum, when does that come in for ninth graders as a potential for taking it during the school year? And then I'll go to the second question. So high C are our hybrid curriculum. So it's our online courses. So any, stud any course a, take, a student takes during summer academy is an online course. So that means they are asynchronous, they are self-paced um, and students work through the curriculum. There is a real live teacher assigned to the course, a teacher who works in our building, um, but they do not have live classes and the students self-pace themselves through the material. That's all of our summer courses and then we also have those courses available during the school year for different reasons. We usually use them in kind of flexibility purposes. In general, most of our ninth graders don't access high C courses because we need them in the classroom and generally kids learn better in the classroom, especially in ninth grade. Um, but if there is a need for a student to access a high C course, it is not closed off to them in ninth grade. Um, I guess personal finance and econ comes to mind as one of the options they may want to take if they want to take that as their elective. Usually when a student takes a high C course during the school year, we put a high C block into their schedule. So they need to have a space for it, but it, it would be possible. Yes, there's no reason why we would stop them from that, but definitely for core courses and generally, we want them in a classroom. Um, the second question was, is it possible to pursue a language that we do not offer, like outside of our building? Um, it is possible, we do have students do it. Um, there's a form online, thank you Ms. Chesley, there's a form online that parents can fill out that puts in a request um, to have the credits approved ahead of time. We just need to know about it beforehand and if we know about it beforehand and Mr. Sowers works with us um, in the request to kind of look over the curriculum wherever it's happening, whether it's like a community college, NOVA has its own paperwork for dual enrollment, um, or other online providers. There's a form, if you get it approved, then you're free to take the class and we transfer the credit onto their transcript here to reflect that they took it.
Um, yeah. So the question was about math placement. And in past years, um, students are pretty much told where they're going and what sequentially would happen next. And will that be the case this year? So yes, um, all of the students will get recommendations from their math teachers. And that will happen every year. That will actually carry through high school. Math is the one um, subject where we rely heavily on teacher recommendation. Um, that being said, differentiating between honors and regular, um, those are teacher recommendations, but it is possible for families to go outside of those recommendations. Um, we try not to because the teachers really know, um, have reason for making those recommendations, um, but sequentially they will decide. So coming out of algebra, a student has to take geometry. It's either honors or regular. That decision the teacher will make a recommendation for um, and students can, uh, families can kind of take that into consideration, but the actual order of it will be determined by the teachers. Yeah, so that'll keep happening. Oh, do you have a follow-up? The question was about changes to world languages and is Mandarin phasing out, and yes it is. So that's why next year Mandarin 3 will be the lowest level of Mandarin. So for the past two years, we've been peeling it back. So any student who has been in the Mandarin program will be able to finish it. We would never stop a kid in the middle of their program. But every year we are offering one less level to phase the program out just to kind of lack of student requests for it, interest. Yeah, I think this is our last question, so yeah. Yeah, so the workaround, the question was a workaround for a student who wants to pursue ASL and do the IB diploma. So they would have access to ASL through middle school and up through 10th grade and we offer up to ASL 4. So they would have access to all of those. Those would all count as world languages. Then going into 11th grade, if they felt very strongly about going into the IB diploma program, they would have to start a new language. It would either have to be French or Spanish, which are our other two options. Um, and they would take two, this gets so weedy to explain, sorry. It, they would take, there's a pathway. They would just pick a new language in 11th grade. There's a different exam. So once they get to 12th grade, they would probably be sitting in a level two or three course. It won't be an IB course, but they will be signed up for an exam called ab initio, which is a language exam, but kind of language light for students who are just starting a language. They would be prepped for and would sit for that exam and it would count towards their IB, um, but it would usually be happening through a level two or three of a language. Does that make sense? Thank you. Oh. <laughs> All right, we just want to close by thanking everybody for coming. Counselors will be up here for the last few minutes for individual questions if you might have those. Thank you for the families that were with us live streaming tonight, and thank you for those that will be watching this in the future. Thanks, everyone.